Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. I'll be honest, I haven't preached, I haven't gotten in front of people on a stage in, like I said, about 11 months. And so this could be amazing. This could be a train wreck. And so we're going to experience that together tonight, and I'm really excited about it. Um, What I'm going to do first and foremost is we're going to talk about the series we've been in. It's called Stepping into the Kingdom. Does anybody by any chance like super studious have the actual book we're going to be, we've been going through? No, the, the actual book, oh, we got one, one person who knows their stuff. It's Olivia. Okay, we've been walking through this book. Try, try hard. It's, it's amazing. It's good. People want to be a try hard when you're an adult. It's a good quality, so way to go. That's awesome. Uh, but we've been walking through the series called Stepping into the Kingdom. It's actually out of that book that Olivia has. If you want it, Olivia said she'll buy you a book if you want. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but it's the series uh, written by Pastor Joel and Dale Everest. There are pastors out in Nashville, and they wrote this awesome content. And for the last, I think it's six weeks, you guys have your notes in front of you, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Right. Olivia, man, we're just killing it tonight. Good. Come on. Uh, we've been in a series for six weeks. This will be our sixth week. Uh, I want to do a quick recap. Just jump to week four. Week four, Pastor Brandon, I believe, came and talked to you guys about freedom, how the kingdom of God is freedom. And then last week, someone say last week, just to let me know. Good. I'm, okay, let me just make this very clear to you right now. I do not expect, obviously, I know Caspian likes to talk to me here, but I don't want him to be the only one. You, you guys can talk to me too. Let's engage here. I know it's like anti-COVID, but like, let's, talk, let's be a part of this together. I don't want this to be a monologue because then you're going to hate it and I'm going to hate it and it's going to be boring. So let's enjoy this. Week four, we talked about um, the freedom of God. In week five, Brandon came and talked about repenting and releasing, repenting of bad works and releasing forgiveness or letting go of unforgiveness with people. I'm sure that was a doozy. I'm sure it was uncomfortable for special especially those who are like, I hate my neighbor right now, and they're the worst. Like, I'm sure it was really uncomfortable, because that sometimes happens. Um, But tonight, I am so excited, because we have such a juicy, juicy topic. One, it's going to be maybe uncomfortable for you. I think that's the best, those are the best kinds of messages. Ones where you can, like, kick back and, like, oh, God loves me. Like, those aren't the best messages. I want the ones that, like, get my my juices flowing, get me excited, maybe get me uncomfortable. And uh, I think it's just important for us to know that the title is Renounce and Reject or Close the Door and Lock It. Close the Door and Lock It. Uh, we're going to be talking around the topic of renounce and amp, whatever that is, um, and reject, renouncing and rejecting. I couldn't tell you what that is. I'll be straight with you. Um, but before we start, I feel like it's really important. I, I want to set very clear what my goal is tonight. I don't really want to come up here and preach. I don't really want to come up here and teach because I'm not great at it. I just want to get up here and encourage you guys. You know, I think a lot of people think we're in a really bad day and age. Anybody else out there think that? Like, COVID sucks, homeschooling, online schooling, all this craziness. Like, we think it's the end of the world, but I would actually like to propose to you that we're living in the best day ever. The best age ever. 
Think about it. You know, in the Bible, it says that in the end times, a lot of people are like, oh, we're in the end times. It's all about to end. I'm like, eh, no, read Revelation. It's not happening yet. There's no trumpet like, like no, that's good. it's much worse than what you're thinking it's going to be. But in the end times, the church, people think that the church, Christians, us, we're supposed to get darker and darker and things are going to get harder and harder. But that's not true at all. If you open up your Bible and flip over to Revelation, as we get closer and closer to the end times, the world will look darker, but we're going to look brighter. We're going to look stronger and healthier, more vibrant, more full of joy, more full of peace, more full of security. The world's going to look at us and be like, oh my gosh, the church is so beautiful. You are beautiful, Caleb Escalante. Come on, son. Come on, son. You're beautiful. But you're beautiful. And it's going to be amazing. And I don't want us to come in here with this, uh, life is the worst attitude. Like, we're not doing that tonight. Tonight, today is amazing. The world you're living in is amazing. The family dynamic that you have, God is within it. He is moving and mighty and amazing. With that being said, all right, uh, who wants to take Caspian out? No, no, no. I'm at, okay, Kimberly, great. Caspian, you can leave. Um, with that being said, open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Everyone look up front. Proverbs chapter four. Anybody got a Bible? Does anybody? Okay, we got to address the elephant in the room here. Back in my day, you guys actually had to take notes. And now somehow you guys got it good. I don't know if you bribed Brandon to print notes. But when I found out I had to print my notes for you guys, I was like, what? That's like half your job. I'm doing everything up here. I'm telling you what to say. And then you're actually getting my notes. This is ridiculous. But go ahead, open up to Proverbs chapter four. It says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Other translations say, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Another verse we're going to take a quick look at is Matthew chapter 12. These two verses are going to be the two that we kind of bounce back and forth. They're peppered throughout the message, but we're going to kind of hit them here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man... Demon-possessed man gets set free. This is going to be an interesting message. He goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So what does he do next? Verse 44. Then he says, I'll return to, the, to my house from which I came. That demon-possessed man who's no longer demon-possessed man, he's like, I'm going to go back. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. How delightful. So considerate. I believe there's another verse. Is there not another verse? It's Okay. Oh, here we go. Then he goes and takes him seven spirits more, wicked than himself. He gets his buddies, his homeboys, his posse, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Seven times worse. That's a bummer. So shall it be with this wicked generation. All right. Let's pray. I just need to pray. We're going to pray. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that this has nothing to do with me. Um, that, God, we are not coming here for feelings, for emotions. Um, we're not coming for you, here for what you can do, but we're coming here for you. Any, any attitude, any heart, any perspective that is not after you, Lord, I pray that you would focus us in tonight. God, my heart is for deliverance. My heart is for healing and encouragement and hope. So let there be nothing but those things, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, last week, Pastor Brandon talked about repenting and releasing, and I kind of want to jump right off that with this re uh, renounce and, um, sorry, renounce and reject. So once uh, this common issue that a lot of times Jesus ran into when he was on his earthly ministry was demons. And yes, I'm going to spoil it. We're going to talk about demons tonight. Yeah. 
it's a doozy. I told you. And, and you know, what's really going to be uncomfortable is if we realize like, oh my gosh, I think I might have demonic stuff in my life. Whoa, like what if that happens tonight? That's, my, that's the goal, right? So what we're going to talk about is the demonic oppression of the enemy. Whoa, this is a big word and this is intense stuff. The goal of tonight is that we would, one, begin to renounce demonic oppression and begin to reject it. The issue that so many people have, specifically Christians, is that we think once we're Christians, we're immune to everything. I'm Christian. I'm not supposed to stub my toe. Like, beep, beep. Like, like that's usually how it goes, right? Like you, you cuss yourself out like when you stub your toe in the morning. But like we think as Christians, we're immune to the world. But believe it or not, the demons or demonic stuff will oppress you if you allow it to. It, it functions on permission, actually. If you say, yeah, come on in. If the water's warm, let's do this thing. It's going to come in and destroy you. I know it's not, it's not like a mind-blowing revelation. I love Caleb's support up front. He's like, mm, that's such a good word. It's like, no, it's actually really sucky, to be quite honest. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what do we do if we realize maybe just maybe we have stuff in our hearts that shouldn't be there. Because believe it or not, more often than not, people actually open doors to the demonic, to, to oppression. And let me just be clear here. We do not have to be afraid of demons. I know that sounds like a really funny, weird thing to say, especially as we're talking about such a weird topic that's very Christianese. Uh, but we have a king seated in heaven. Has anybody ever seen God do something before? Anybody? Olivia, you've seen God do something? What has he done? He healed you? Oh, that's cool. Do you know he healed me too? When I was a child, I was actually crippled and my, my parents prayed for my legs and they straightened up overnight. Oh, when we were at fall retreat six years ago, I can't hold up a six, six years ago, right? Uh, I was actually got to pray for a student who had depression. And we, he came up to me. He's like, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I feel like the Lord said you got something you should pray about. He's like, yeah, I'm also really depressed. And I was like, great, let's pray for that. And so we prayed for it. I said, Jesus, uh, completely take away all of this person's depression. Amen. It was really bad prayer. I'll be honest. It wasn't great. And I look up to this kid and he is ugly crying on the floor. I mean, he went from like hands in hand, face to face, and he was like down on the floor, bawling, crying. I'm like, did I do it wrong? Like, what's going on here? Like, this is not how this works. And he, he told me, I don't feel depressed anymore. Just, just in a split second like that. I've seen people with blind eyes get healed. I've seen people who've cut themselves and scars get removed. This is the God we serve. He's not worried about demons, so neither should we. We should be intentional, though, to get them out of our lives, because I don't want anything to do with that. Amen to that, right? Amen? Amen. All right, good. So let's just be very clear and right off the bat. Uh, there are some clear-cut ways that we open our lives to demonic oppression. I'm just going to start calling it oppression for the sake of not saying demon and demonic like a thousand times tonight. Does that sound good? Good. Oppression. First and foremost, this is going to just maybe poke you in the way you didn't want to be poked, but let's just go there. Um, I'm just going to name out some ones that open up doors to oppression. And if this is you, I'm so sorry. This is meant to be awkward. Uh, pornography. Ooh, this is uncomfortable. I don't even like saying that in a mic. God help me. Okay, uh, pornography. Um, watching really bad movies where they, there's gore and violence. Witchcraft. Or I'll catch this. This is going to really make some people upset, especially my readers out there. Um, like witchcraft that's like, okay, like Harry Potter. 
Again, you all hate me right now. It's okay. I, I love it. So my dad, when I was a kid, he's amazing. He's like a man's man. I'm kind of like scrawny, but he's a man's man. I remember him telling me, Matt, you can't watch Harry Potter and you can't read it. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to read it. It's a big book anyways, but why can't I watch it? And, right? Who reads books anymore? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, audiobook. Hey, <laughs> why listen to an audiobook when you can watch the movie? That's another thing. But uh, my dad's like, no, you can't watch it. I'm like, why? It's just, it's just a movie, Dad. It's just a movie. He's like, well, in the Bible, it says that all witchcraft is bad. But in this movie, it says some is good and some is bad. I don't want that open door in your life. And I was like, whoa, you're so smart. Like, oh my gosh, you're my dad. Like, thanks. And I was like, oh, I love you. <laughs> like, thanks. But there's so many things like that, right? We don't even think about it. If what if every single hour and minute of your day, you got those head, po uh, head pods in? Oh my gosh, I'm so old. I've dated myself like a hundred times tonight. You guys haven't noticed. I'm just trying to keep it cool. Like my Walkman, like rocking like me, like Walkman style. It's like, what's a Walkman? <laughs> Anybody, who in here doesn't know what a Walkman is? Does not know what a Walkman is. One, she's trying to, like, I don't, but I'm ashamed of it. Walkman, anybody? Walkman, okay, God bless. We'll buy a Walkman. I'm going to bring a Walkman in just next week for fun anyways. Um, but there's things that you can do. Here's, I'll list a couple more out for you just so you have them. Um, give me a second here. So false religion, false belief, social media, and even secular music. Another interesting one. My dad's a superhero, man. I don't know what it is. He was helping this couple move, this family move. They were moving boxes in and out of this house, and he knew that this, this couple had a daughter who had night terrors. Night terrors are these intense, horrifying demonic, hello, oppression. There are these horrible nightmares where you just can't sleep and you wake up and you're shaking and you're afraid because of all the scary dreams, intense dreams that you have. Nightmares, night terrors. And my dad prayed for them a couple of times and it wasn't until he got to their house and he was helping move a box in to this girl's room and he looks up and he just looks up there and he sees like 40 dream catchers above her bed. And I, I know all of you are like, it's so cute and trendy, like, ah, oh, earrings. Like, you can make them in anything nowadays. They're everywhere, man. They're everywhere. But, but if you didn't know that, that's actually like a religious thing from, like a, from Native Americans that's supposed to ward off evil spirits. But we don't do that because we follow Jesus. And so that thing's actually attracting that junk into your life. And so my dad's like, oh my gosh, these people are... So he rips it out off the wall without even asking the family, without asking the girl, rips it, puts it in the trash bag, throws it into the dump. And that night and every night after that, she's never had nightmares. It's just subtle. It's just, it's sitting out there for plain, for anybody who's willing to maybe press into the word and the Holy Spirit a little bit, maybe listen to their parents every once in a blue moon, will notice these things. Yeah, you thought it was funny, like, listen to your parents. <laughs> Like a good joke. But, but seriously, though, I, there are things that you can, you can write this down. There are things you could do, say, and believe that will open your life up to oppression. And when I say oppression, oppression literally is unnecessary weight. It's just unnecessary weight. There is good weight. The, the Bible says that you are yoked with Jesus. There's a weight on your shoulder. It's light, but it's manageable. There's supposed to be some weight. We're adults. We're humans. We're alive. Like, we're living. There's things that are on our shoulders, and it's good. But there's unnecessary weight, which is called oppression. You don't need any of that. And there's things that you could do, say, and believe. Do. Things that you do. Watch. Listen. Stuff like that. Obviously, we talked about um, pornography and stuff like that. But there's other things you can watch that can easily open yourself up, as well as obviously doing bad things like committing adultery, cheating, lying, stealing, um, most of the Ten Commandments. Things you could say. How many people have maybe said something like this? Don't raise your hand. It'd be awkward. I'm never going to get that job. I'm always going to be anxious. This is just the way I am. Stuff like that. 
You just open your life up to that. Maybe sometimes you, things you believe, God doesn't love me. That opens your life up. Believing that lie, oh, God's not a part of this area in my life. He, he likes me at church, but when I'm with my friends, he doesn't really like me. No, that stuff opens your life up to, to oppression that you don't need. I really want to hone in on one, though, just while we have a little bit of time here. Uh, things you say. This has been the story of my life. If you don't know and you can't really tell, I talk fast and I talk a lot, and a lot of times stuff slips out, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Pull it back in. I, I had this issue growing up as a kid. I put my foot in my mouth so often. I mean, it was just the worst thing ever from calling somebody who's not pregnant, pregnant to like just really bad stuff. I've done that. It's, it's bad. Like, when are you due? I'm not pregnant. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, it's just, it's bitter. It's so awkward. But with this loose tongue that I've noticed myself, and I notice I get myself in a lot of pain and hurt just because the words I say are very careless. So this is really big to my heart. So I want to just point out some things and see if you can track with me here. This is going to be a little exercise. I would say put your notes down, but it's not like any of you are actually taking notes with the notes I provided for you. I love that and I hate it. Okay, so let's track with me. What if we called murderers, what if we didn't call murderers murderers, but we called them heavenly Uber drivers, right? What if we didn't call a murderer a murderer, we called them heavenly Uber drivers? Beep, beep, let's go off a cliff, like heavenly Uber drivers, right? It's, it's so grotesque. Okay, let's go to a different one. What if we didn't call a bank robber a bank robber, but we called him a money sharer, right? Like, ah, I'm a money share, Robin Hood, right? We give him a good name. Permanent borrower, I love that. Anybody got a good name for a bank robber? Anybody a permanent borrower? I like that one, that's a good one. Um, what, if we, what if we decided to um, call cheaters, instead of calling them a cheater a cheater, we just called him a creative decider, a, a unique game player, right? We, we give him these nice favorable names, but you know what would happen when you do those three things? More murderers come, more cheaters come, and more bank robbers come. Why? Because you gave a dysfunction a good name. You gave oppression a good name. Okay, I'm going to get real personal here. Be careful here, guys. I'm so sorry. I love you. Trust me, I do. I'm like, this is going to be encouraging eat it. Like, this is, this is where we've been so far. Um, what if we didn't call anxiety anxiety, but we called it our personality? Ah, I mean, very candidly, I've, I've dated somebody who did that. And I was like, this is the worst, like broke up. But there's stuff like that. There's just like, oh, you're, you're saying who you're created to be is anxiety. Ah, I can't do that. What if we didn't call fear, fear, but we just called it life? Oh, that's just life, man. This is a scary world out there. I don't know about that. Jesus was sleeping in a boat, wasn't he? Peter was walking on the water till he sunk. <laughs> but hey, Peter actually walked on the water twice. If you don't pay attention to that, he sunk. Oh, well, he walked out, sunk, got back up and walked back to the boat. So he did it twice more than Jesus. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's a math thing, guys. Pay attention to the Bible. It's, it gets more legit. And if you want to, this is one of Pastor Eben. I love Pastor Eben. Anybody remember Pastor Eben here? One of Pastor Eben's best messages I've ever heard him preach is he was talking about when Peter sinks in the water is when the, he's the closest to Jesus. Because Jesus reaches out to grab him. I just, I don't know if that's for somebody in there, but Jesus is close to you in your crap right now. Very, very pastoral right there in your crap right now. Um, but think about that. What if we didn't call depression, depression, but we called it our home life? 
What if we didn't call the thing that we're dealing with and we just keep giving it good names, good names. We're just inviting it to stay. I fear that we've gotten to a society that's just so used to brokenness, so okay with pain. We wear our scars like it's something like we're proud of. I'm anxious. You're a freak. Like, no, like, what? Like, when did we stop being, like, excited about, like, oh, I'm full of peace. Oh, I'm full of rest. No, but, like, now we're like, I'm full of drugs that make me feel better because I'm really in a lot of pain. I'm not trying to make fun of people, but this is a reality. We've just got so comfortable with people being okay with dysfunction that we allow it to multiply and to replicate. We have this pattern in our world where we have breakthrough and breakdown, breakthrough and breakdown, breakthrough and breakdown, fall retreat. Oh, we didn't have fall retreat this year. My life is horrible. Really good service, really good service. Man, Matt came and preached and it was horrible. Really good service. Oh, he came and preached and it was horrible. Like, you know what I mean? We just keep going from the high to low and high to low, but this is not at all what Jesus died for. How can we sing he's worthy of it all, but we're throwing it all away every day? I can't do it anymore. I, I think about my savior, Jesus, on the cross. I, th I think about him dragging a heavy tree miles to, to a mountaintop where he's getting nails stuck into him. This is after the fact, him getting beaten beyond recognition, uh, whipped beyond recognition and beaten and ridiculed and spit on, put up on a cross, hung there for three days, went down to hell. The enemy didn't know what was going on though. They, the enemy had no clue. Jesus popped down into hell and was like, it's game over, boys. And he just lit him up. It was fantastic. But I can't imagine thinking about my savior on the cross and thinking, I, I'm okay with anxiety, but Jesus is up here dying for me. He didn't die for us to stay this way. He didn't die for us to be roller coastering emotions up and down and here. And, uh, he died for us to be sturdy and strong. That when we put our faith in him, we become like a mountain that can't be moved. And when mountains come in our way, we say, be gone in the name of Jesus, and they move. When mountains come up, we conquer them. When things come up and arise in our lives, we defeat them in the name of Jesus. There's no such thing as anxiety in heaven. If you don't know what it, you're thinking about in life, I don't know if that's God or if that's the enemy. Look at the Lord's Prayer. We have it in there. Um, the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew, I think chapter four, God help me, chapter four, chapter five, maybe chapter six. But it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't know how to pray and you don't know what to do, pray this. God, I want heaven to come into my situation because guess what? There's no tears in heaven. That's in Revelation. There's no pain in heaven. That's in Revelation. He heals your body eternally and forever. There is no crutches, no glasses, no cr none of this crazy stuff that we have to do to stay healthy nowadays. There is no carbs and fat. Praise God. I'm so fat, guys. I mean, I put on so much weight. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I'm like 40 pounds more than I was in the last time I was in this room. Catch it. I hide it. Well, that's why I'm wearing a sweater, guys. <laughs> I'm serious. It's not good. But here's the good news about all of this. That although our words create contracts, they do. When you say something, the enemy comes into agreement. What it says in the Bible, when two or more gather together, together concerning anything, it is established and it is done. You say over your life, I'm anxious. And the enemy's like, yeah, you are. I'm depressed. Yeah, you are. I'm so lonely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Like, he says that, and then that's two people coming together in agreement, and that's a contract. Satan grabs that contract and is like, 
And it says in Revelation 14 that he goes to the throne room of heaven and says, hey, God, I have every right and authority to keep this person bound in sadness and pity and because they signed. And God looks at it like they did with their words right there. But this is the best thing. This is the best thing. Our words not only make contracts, they break contracts. But we're going to keep going because I'm running a little bit slow. Uh, the definition, reject. Let's look, put up reject on the screen for me, if you will. This is a real simple one. I, I really do love it. God bless the booth people. I've been putting them through the ringer. Simply means that you are saying no to everything that is not of God in order to say yes to everything that is of God. Christians, Christians, Christianity and Christians always think that being a follower of God is a bunch of no's. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do this. No, Harry Potter, no fun, no soda, no sugar. Go home and cry in your bedroom. No. Like that's a lot of people view Christianity, right? And, and a lot of times maybe you might think that and might have experienced that so far. But Christianity is not a bunch of no's. It's just one really good yes. Just one good yes. I get up here and I say, Jesus, yes, you have my life. Now, I may not realize what I said when I said that, but I meant it. And I gave him my entire life. That includes my eyes, my mouth, my ears, my body, my schedule, my finances, tithing. Hello. We still do that here, I think. Do we? I don't know. We tithe. Tithe us. Give us the money. Um, 10% specifically. Okay, that's a whole other thing. Ah, I don't have time. People complain. I don't want to tithe. 10% is so much. It's all God's anyways. He has 100%. He's just letting you use nine and he wants 10% back. 90%. He wants 10% back. That's a whole other thing. We're not getting there. Um, <laughs> rejecting. Re rejecting is really just saying what we have in us, we want to keep in us. So the things that God has established in us, we want to keep that. But when the enemy comes running up to me, I don't want to let that junk in. Rejecting is not letting what shouldn't be in, in. I have a stray weird cat in my neighborhood. I keep that monster out. We call it Bigfoot. It has a nasty extra pause. Like, <laughs> this is basically how it walks. It's a demon. No doubt. It's a demon. This ties in so well. It's a demon. It's like, it drags. I don't know why it's dragging. So it's like going to kill my dog. It's like significantly bigger than. But, but you know what we do? We lock that door so that stupid cat doesn't get in. I know my grandma would feed that thing in a heartbeat and we'd have a new pet, but I'm not going to let that happen because I'm rejecting every chunk of the enemy in the name of Jesus. So when something arises within you, you get up and your teacher says, oh, I'm just going to pick on somebody I know who's really good at public speaking, Mr. Shaw, Isaac Shaw. So the, the, your teacher says, Mr. Shaw, you're, you're homeschooled, aren't you? Dang it. Well, that's okay. Your dad calls you and says, get up and give a presentation in front of the entire nation. Go give a word to Lou Engel. And you stand up and within you, this little itty being says, oh, I'm really nervous right now. You have every right, every authority, every privilege in the world. You have the opportunity to choose. You have a right to choose free will. Come on, Jesus, to say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not an anxious person. Reject that. Like, you know, no. get out of here. I love dogs. I'm not a cat person. That was not bad, I promise. That was really bad. Jesus. My entire life serving in youth ministry and growing up in youth, I've sat under Pastor Brandon for, I think, my entire half, majority than half of my life, more than half my life. Uh, and I've heard Proverbs 4.23, 
billions of times, billions and billions and billions and billions of times. It didn't actually make sense to me until somebody told me your heart's actually worth guarding. The verse just says, guard your heart. I'm telling you, your heart's worth guarding. Everything you do flows from it. My relationships suck. Maybe your heart sucks. <laughs> Oh, I keep yelling and kicking people and cussing out my grandma. Well, what's in that heart there? Oh, kicking and screaming and cussing out your grandma. How about that? It's funny how that works, right? Oh, I'm just so angry that the Los Angeles Clippers lost and the Lakers won. Oh, well, that's tough luck. That's the reality. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> you're going to need to go to a different church. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Lakers forever, baby. <laughs> Your heart's worth guarding. You're so precious in his sight. If I can say anything, you're so precious. Don't, uh, who, we were talking earlier before service here, and I was saying, hey, don't give away for free what Jesus paid for in his life. Don't do that. With your words, your heart, your character, your friend groups, your time, your schedule, don't give that stuff away for free. Not only did Jesus pay for it, but you, if you accepted Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, you gave it to him. It's his. It's too valuable to just let things come in. And so with that being said, I actually need to get to our points tonight. It's point number one, if you're paying attention here. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any open doors. That's the first step. We got junk whew, right here, top of the list. I am no, I'm, pro, I'm just down here and you guys are way up there. I got junk in the trunk. It is not an ideal situation, but in the name of Jesus, I am asking the Holy Spirit, God, speak to me. Show me what you want me to do. What area needs to be adjusted? Okay, I need to stop watching that. I'm going to stop watching that. Years and years and years ago, God really got on my heart about the, the music I listened to and the TV shows I watched. I remember watching The Office so many times, I started to be a jerk to all the people around me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm Michael Scott. Like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, the things you do, you just ask the Holy Spirit, and he, like a loving father would, would come alongside you, believing the best, wanting the best, expecting nothing but the love of God would say, hey, that's not gonna be the best for you. Let's go a different way. He's not gonna shame you. He's not gonna guilt you. He's just gonna tenderly highlight and maybe he's already doing it right now. Point number two, make a note, write down, and be aware of those open doors and temptations. Open doors are anything that allows oppression in. Oppression is unnecessary weight. Um, I say write it down, and it's like, God, I don't have enough paper to do that. Like, I hope not. <laughs> but if you write it down, you're accountable. I'd say get a friend. Get somebody with you who's in your same age and stage of life and then get somebody who's way older than you, like a dinosaur, to be your accountability partner because there's a good chance they've probably walked through it already too if they're serving the Lord. Get around people who are way ahead of you in life. Look at people who inspire you and say, what did you do? How did you do that? Oh, you, you let go of that because you wanted to hold on to Jesus? I'm going to do the same thing. I know Christine and I love Bob Goff. Bob Goff is the dude. If you have, just look him up, watch all this stuff, read his book. It's amazing. But I look at Bob Goff and I'm stirred up. I'm like, oh, I want to follow what he's doing and be like, Bob. Look, it's epic. You don't know who Bob is. Look, Bob Goff, Bob Ross. I know Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, point number three, verbally renounce and reject. What? Oh, you didn't hear that? 
Well, because you're supposed to pray out loud, people. He doesn't say think in your head. He says declare with your mouth. Speak. Let the world know specifically the enemy who you stand with. Ah, uh, no, 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 de devil. No, 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 Satan, Diablos. Mm -mm. I'm with Jesus. I'm seated in heavenly places. Anxiety rises up. No, I've been given the mind of Christ. I have perfect peace in Christ Jesus, peace that surpasses all understanding. Let the world know. I don't care if it's 2 a.m. in the morning and you're like, fear be gone. And your parents are like, what's going on? Like, let the enemy know. I'd rather you look a little weird and be completely free on the inside than be really normal and be broken. It's okay to be weird. I, I think you'd all agree. I'm a tad weird. Yeah, but boom. <laughs> but it's okay to be weird. Point number four, uh, fill the house. Fill the house. We read the scripture, I'm not going to read it for time's sake, but in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 and 45, the demons left, he came back with some friends, he saw the clean house, he came in, ravaged it, right? Epic story, really sucky for that guy, right? Horrible. What's the takeaway? A clean house isn't a full house. You can have your life look clean, but not be full of the Holy Spirit. You can look really good and be clean, but not be full. Don't settle for just looking clean, getting clean. Just because you've been set free, you need to maintain your freedom. A lot of people know how to get set free, but they don't know how to continue in their freedom. You continue in freedom by filling your mind, your heart, your soul with the word of God, with worship and praise. Come on, Kimberly has been killing it. And obviously reading your Bible, people. Read your Bible, get in there. It's living word, it's manna. That's good bread. Uh, point number five, if you will. Point number five. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you live for Jesus. I know that sounds so basic, but I need to be reminded of that all the time. My schedule's crazy. I do a ton of random stuff. I cut doors for a living, put glass into it. It's a baller job, watch out. But I get busy. And sometimes I just need somebody to hit me on the side of my face with the brick and be like, bro, you're doing it on your own. Stop it. Ask for help. The Holy Spirit's waiting to help you. Invite him into the situation. Help him point you to where Jesus is at in this moment. And he'll faithfully do that. Um, I sped through that really quickly and we're already running a little late. So I just wanna, I wanna close here. You can close your notes, which you already had printed for you. It's okay, I'll pray for that. But I also just wanted to maybe speak to a people or two in the room here. I was praying before I got here um, and I felt like the Lord just highlighted a couple people to me. This is one of the things we talked about, how God speaks to people and he wants us to share certain things. This is not weird. The Bible calls it prophecy, but it's really just God saying, hey, Matt, tell this to that person. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And he says, I want all of you to be like that. I want all of you to hear my voice and share what I'm saying. That is the prophetic. It's not a weird word. It's an uncommon word, but it's a word that we need to get used to. Uh, get used to. And so with that being said, this could be so random. If there's no one in the room like this, it's okay, girl, it's okay. It, we have people in the podcast. Maybe I'm gonna reach somebody there. But this is just something I felt like the Lord said, so we're gonna try it. Um, I don't know why I got the name Bridget. Is there a Bridget in the room? That's okay. There's no Bridget. I'm gonna share it anyway because there's a podcast. It's beautiful. Uh, I felt like Bridget may have been somebody who moves a lot who doesn't have a home a lot because her family has to travel because of the, their parents' job. And I felt like Bridget had a hard time making friends because of this move. She always is picking up and moving, picking up and moving. And I just felt like God wanted to tell you, Bridget, if you're on the podcast and you ever catch us, this would be so cool, guys, um, that God's your friend. 
and that he doesn't go home when things get tough. All right, second one. I know this person is here, and I, I think they're going to be okay with me saying their name in public. So, Caleb, hey, buddy. Happy birthday. I wanted to say something, too, because I was praying for you, and you kept coming up in my heart. So I saw this picture of an ember. Um, like, there's a fire pit, right? And I saw a picture of an ember, right? It was super, like, faded and dim. And in this, I felt like the Lord was saying that you were the ember, and that you were calling on God for a mighty rushing wind to just start the fire, right? And you're just calling out to God and he sees your hunger, but he said that he doesn't want to give you a mighty rushing wind yet. He wants to come really close to you because like with a a dying ember, you get close and you go, and you breathe really close. I feel like if he were to give you a mighty rushing wind right now, it might hurt you. And so he wants to come close with his presence, with his love, with his intimacy, and begin to stoke the flames of your heart again. Where you may have been tired, he's about to wake you back up. Where you've been burnt out, he's going to set a fire ablaze within you. And I think this is going to be the greatest year of your life so far. I think 18 is going to be significant, not just because you're stepping in from childhood to adulthood, but you're stepping further into a maturity with Christ and that God's going to really take you to the next level in this season. So um, with that being said, I'm going to close this in prayer. Um, If you need anything after, feel free to find me. We'll dismiss because I'm already like... 10 minutes late, guys. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Help us, Lord, begin to speak to us, prompt us, and show us areas where we have open doors where demonic stuff is coming in. Jesus, we are not afraid in the name of Jesus. We are confident. We are bold, and we are excited that our best days are ahead of us, that Jesus, you heal our bodies, you heal our minds, you heal our souls, and that we are going into better and brighter days because you are with us. You are not against us. You are for us, God. We love you. We trust you. And We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.